This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. This is the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Ruskin and Zach on ESPN Arkansas. Hit that line.com, 866-285-4005 is how you get in touch with us on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Oh, appreciate you stopping by. We obviously have a lot to uh, uh, cuss, cuss and discuss around yeah. here as um, usual. Um, so here we are to uh, talk about all of it. There's something out that we'll start with this and then we'll, we'll talk about the Cowboys. And we'll talk about a bunch of stuff here. DQ's here. We got a full boat. And we're ready to we're ready to roll here on this uh, on this deal. Um, everybody is um, wrong about one thing. Okay, everybody is wrong about this um, decision to run the shotgun play on fourth and one in the at the fifty in the third quarter. All right, everybody is uh, just you know furious about this, saying that you have to put KJ under center. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. At the 50-yard line in the third quarter with a 10-point lead, you punt the ball. You punt. Arkansas, according to the uh, win probability on ESPN, at this point, Arkansas was roughly 89% to win the football game when this uh, when this occurred, right? 89% win probability. To You're up 10. You're in the middle of third quarter just about... You're at midfield. You punt. You don't okay. go for it. Come I mean, on. come on. Thing, two things can be true at the same time. Time. Yes, absolutely. Up 10, that clock moving, you're in control. Yes, you punt the football. But if you're going to go, you go under center. The They got stuffed last week against Kent State, which should have been you know, the first signal that you don't, you don't try it again. You're having trouble blocking them. Why on earth you would go for it in that particular situation? I agree with you. Probably punt the football, play defense. Your defense was was doing okay at that point. They were hanging in there. You make them go 90 yards yep. versus 50 yards. They got a field goal and they got momentum back. They and then did. you're when they got the field goal, um, your win probability went down to 85. percent Not a huge drop, but I mean, you're you're you've given a team. You said this all week, and you're exactly right. The only way that Arkansas could lose. Is if they gave them they, they gave kept, them opportunities, they kept dragging them along, which and they Arkansas and they did. did that. They did that, and you do that when you uh, are up ten and you allow a field, a short field and a field goal, and then then they're now it's seven and game on they, again. But, I mean, now there's a there's a common sense approach to this, which the, the analytics probably. I mean, what was it like fourth and a yard and a half? I mean, it was fourth and I mean, the, there was the two chain link one, and then there was the the fourth and a yard and a half. Punt the football. Your defense is playing pretty well. The defense, well, uh, what they give up, 280 uh, total on, on Saturday? Punt the football, make them go the, the length of the field. You're only going to be able to march the ball down the field a couple of times a game. Defense, Maybe. 281. 281. Yeah. So you, the chances of them going the distance, whether it be 75 yards, 80 yards, 90 yards, whatever it was, this is, it's pretty remote. This is, this. I, I don't know why this has taken so long. Like, you don't you don't go for it there. And um, here's the thing about... Um, this whole uh, analytics thing, you know, the book or whatever, like you either have to be all in or all out. Like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Yankees are a great example of these, um, these uh, organizations that are trying to limp into the analytics world. And what are the results? They're both in last place. They're terrible. Like Sam Pittman with this uh, analytics thing, you either got to be all in or all out. You can't dip a toe in the water and be like, oh, that's nice. And it, it, it either has to be all of your decision-making or none of it. Like you can't, Use it and when well, you pick and choose when to use the data. It doesn't work that you've way. You've also got to have some situational awareness. And we're not exactly blowing them off the line of scrimmage. We're, no. we're not. So maybe on fourth and whatever, if they're going to stack the box, you you punt it. You punt it and say, look, I'm not, I'm not sure we can get. If you're going to go for it in that spot, you better be 100% I would sure. Advise, you punt the ball. That's Absolutely. what you do. I mean, it's the, the, the you're up 10. Uh, that's the, You punt the ball. You punt the ball, especially if you find out that that's the play call from Enos. You go, no, 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 punt. Well, punt. That's what you like, do. We're, we're getting texts, well, the punter's erratic. 
Well, okay, I'll take a 30-yard punt in that spot. A 30-yard punt still puts yep. it at about the 20. Absolutely. That's 80 yards to go. Make them go the distance. Make now, them go the length of the field. You can't you can't duck hook one for five yards, as he did a couple times. We almost got blocked. But, um, but you can't. Yes, he did. But the odds, do the calculus on this. The odds of you converting a fourth and one are probably less than him shanking another punt. I mean, and you just, you know, a 35-yarder works. That works. You're down at the 15. That's that's, that's fine. They they gave him him points there. They gave him points off the interception. It was just, it was a a series of errors that got them back into the game when you had control of it. I see, um, I see with Razorback football, a lot of unearned arrogance over there. So part of me, I have to admit, to be perfectly honest with you, part of me enjoys this because what if they won? Nothing. Well, they won the Liberty Bowl, but they walk around and they carry themselves puffed up chests. You know, they've got their own, you know, propaganda arm making films. They think they're a big freaking deal over there. You know what? They're not. So part of me enjoys this bit of humbling experience. But at the same time, I feel bad because a lot of you are um, are deeply invested in this and it sucks. But I mean, listen, I see a lot of unearned arrogance over there. And so... You know, I can't be you know crestfallen when 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 the when the bully just like when all of you uh, when Dion loses and all of you are going to you know stomp on his grave uh, in excitement when that happens. You know, I mean, th- 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 there's a lot of unearned arrogance in that football well, program. I'm telling you, we're, we're asking the wrong questions. You pointed this out when we were in our pre-show fist fight. The 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 idea, or we've heard it several times. Well, this is Pittman's fourth year. Why isn't the offensive line better? Well, that's not the question. We're asking the wrong question. Yeah, you're not. Why yeah. isn't Cody Kennedy better? Why is so, it he produced? It's not a Sam Pittman issue. No, it's see, a Cody Kennedy issue. See the um. See everybody is asking the wrong question, and luckily for you, you you wonderful people, you Ruskin and Zach are here to provide everybody with the correct questions to be asking. It's not why didn't you put KJ under center? No, it's why didn't you punt when you're at the fifty yard line? Everyone is also asking, well, why isn't um, why is it? I would expect a better offensive line for Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman doesn't run the offensive line anymore. All right, he is the CEO. He is the uh, he's not involved in the nuts and bolts of uh, of of yeah. teaching technique on the line anymore. That's not his job. The guy he has put in charge of that has apparently not done a very good job to this point. So if that's what you want to talk about, fine. But there's a couple things here. You're right that are just like y'all. Are, you're barking we're, up the wrong tree on some of this stuff. It's just, you know, we've got to take two steps back. Everybody was emotional. Fire everybody after the game. That's what we were getting on, on the post. Fire everybody. Get yeah. rid of, that, that's not, we got to ask better questions. Right. Now, I'm not sure we're ever going to get answers to the questions that we we seek. Because Fine. That's they, good enough. Because they're, they're buttoned up. They're not going to talk about a lot of the stuff. They don't want to answer these kinds of questions. Right. But, you know, to ask the question, well, why didn't you go under center? Well, again, the first question you ask is, well, why didn't you punt? Okay, now that you've made the decision to go, which is fine. You, that's that's you've you've explained why you've decided to go. Now tell me why right. he didn't go under center. Right, year four under Sam Pittman is not why did why is the offensive line better under Pittman? It's what has Cody Kennedy done yeah. in three years in three years yeah. to make this offensive line better. It's gotten worse. Now I will I will say this, and BYU I think everybody took BYU very lightly, including me. Uh, they're better. They're better than I thought they were. That's still not a team you lose to. You're more talented. You're deeper. You you're, controlled the game for three and a half quarters. You're favored at home. You led by double digits twice. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I'm you not, can't. You can't. Now I understand giving up the 14 point lead because that happens so quickly, yeah. and you're up 14, and the the wind just came out of the building. I understand that that happens all the time, but to be up 31 21 and then have a series of errors that cause you to lose a football game, that goes back to your administration, the guys who are running the program. And I'm talking about, you know, the, the the coaches. That collective group has to look at themselves and go, okay, what did we do wrong? Well, we can get into the, the Dan Enos thing and KJ not looking comfortable. We can do all of that. The, the two tackles looking like turnstiles. We can do all of that. But, man, the number of guys they turned loose just to hit KJ, huh. And that there's a fundamental we, problem. We have uh, also for you uh, in the next, uh, in the next um, when we come back from these uh, messages, um, one of the great, after a 14 penalty night, one of the great excuses ever made in the history of history was made after the game. And our man doubled down today on it. 
you got to hear this. Do you need a reliable roofing company that you can call at a moment's notice? United Roofing and Waterproofing is the answer to your issue. Joey Vivano and his team service commercial, residential, and industrial roofs. Consultations are always free, and you can schedule them online at unitedrw.com. Call Joey at 479-312-7369. That's 312-7369. You can also check out United Roofing and Waterproofing on Facebook and Instagram. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right on your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign in today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Apparently, I'm being accused of being the mush on Hogville, too. Oh, the Hogville got you? Yeah. That's not a bad thing Chad, for you, honestly. Chad says, this is all Zach Arn's fault. He guaranteed that the Hogs would win big Saturday. His <laughs> yeah, Roti! His privileges giving pred- predictions on the air are now revoked. He has gone, yeah, gone and jinxed this team. Anytime Zach okay. Arn's picks Arkansas to dominate, it's death. Okay, first off, my man knows exactly what he's doing over here, all right? Let's just let's get that out of the way right now. He knows exactly what he's doing over there. And the more you, you have all... I think you all know the key, the uh, the answers to the test now. The more confident he is, the less likely it is that it's going I don't, to happen. No, I mean, that, no, I was absolutely confident they were going to win. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, JT points out the pyramid of power is on Tuesday. Oh, okay, okay, thank, that's thank tomorrow. God. I'm sure they they will be in the top three. In the pyramid <laughs> of power. Now, isn't isn't Bruce? He's a he's a Tennessee guy. Is he? I think so. I think I okay. got that right. I think he's a ten- no. I what him or the uh, defense fans? They're they're Tennessee guys. Hold on, we got to get to uh, Larry and uh, Sheridan oh, here, he uh, w- waiting patiently. Thank you uh, for waiting, Larry. Go ahead. No problem, uh, guys. Y'all finally. Uh, I, I love your show, and y'all y'all pointed it out. I couldn't put my finger on it, but arrogant. I cannot believe how arrogant. Uh, that whole football team is. And, you know, it starts at the top. Uh, I thank Sam for pulling, uh, being a tow truck and pulling the program out of the ditch that Morrison had it in. But, you know, if you ever been in an accident or anything and had the truck pull, your truck pulled out of the ditch, the tow truck driver did a great job, but it might be, but the car still won't run. So, it, the real money gets spent and the real mechanic or body shop or whatever has got to take over. Sam is a great guy, but there's no offensive line talent at the, at the school. And you, you, you're right, it does fall back on that coach. But Sam's supposed to see all that. And if that's his, if that's his specialty, don't you think he should have looked over that first? And I appreciate y'all's time. All right. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, I just, um, I mean, he, what's he going to do? Like, he's going to, I'm going to go handle this now. Like, like Cody can't, like, and here's the other thing, too, about the coaches. All these coaches are recruiters. We don't know if they can coach. We know they can recruit. And that has been the priority ever since, you know, chapter one, verse one, is get the best recruiters. There were people who have been moved out of uh, positions because they couldn't recruit as good. So maybe the structure is fundamentally built incorrectly, but I think the plan was, well, if we recruit better players, we don't need as good of coaches because there's talent there. Maybe that's well, the plan. T- take two steps backwards. Uh, take Go back to the day that he was hired. This play, I mean, the, the program was on a, a foundation of sand. And, you know, you and I talked about it when they hired him. He was a safe hire, and as Larry put it, he was here to bring this thing out of the ditch, which he has. You've got some some head-scratching losses. Somebody uh, pointed out uh, uh, on the Internet that in your last eight games, you have losses to BYU, Liberty, and Missouri. Oh, yeah, and, and they have had in those games, coincidentally, in those three games, the worst run-blocking grades on PFF that they've had since he's been here. I, Excluding that Georgia game, which was at 11 a.m., and they were totally overmatched for that. But 
Anyway, yeah, that but, doesn't count. Uh, this, in the last 10 games, they're 5-5 five and five against FBS okay. teams. So, so that's – we've kind of hit the lull where he had this great year two years ago. Last year was a step backwards. You've hit this lull. Now, where do you go from here? Yeah, we are we are Robert Johnson at the crossroads right, right this now. Is, That's where this we is are. not the time to be calling for Sam Pittman to be released from his contract. Let's let the season play out and see where it goes. But there are some fundamental issues within the program and not and on the field. You know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But on the field, there are some fundamental issues. The offensive line is either really young and is going to grow as the season goes along or there needs to be some some recruiting done on the offensive line in the offseason because this isn't going to cut it. I'm not sure which it is yet. K.J. Jefferson looks like he's processing information at a rate that, that we haven't seen before. It just looks like he's unsure of what he sees. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that is, is Dan Enos. Some of that may be K.J. not knowing who his receivers are. Receivers didn't have a great night uh, on, on Saturday night. It's just... You know they're they're in this they're in a weird spot and you're going into this this gauntlet here four game gauntlet where you could in theory go two and two you could go one and three you could go zero oh and four yeah um and then this uh, occurred and he doubled down on this uh, today the uh, the latest excuse for why the um you know and this was the problem all along I don't know why this didn't come up sooner but um the um this is um Sam Pittman following the game. Talking about the offensive line issues. I mean, we've got some hands issues and things like that. I'm not talking about placement of hands. I'm talking about we've got two of our five linemen are casted up pretty good. So we've got some hand issues that we've got to fix because it's hard to grab. I know everybody say, well, you grab because you had holdings, but you understand what I'm saying. It's hard to get a feel in there. I'm not overly panicked. We're just going to have chip. We're going to have to have some help. We're going to have to have some tight ends help, especially when we – continue to go into teams like BYU and, and continue to go into the SEC. Am I the only one that wondered how many holding penalties they've had if they could use their hands? Well, Because no, that's the okay, first thing well, I no, thought well, of. No, My I, God, I, they'd have 20 penalties I, instead I, of 14. I get what he's saying, <laughs> which is if, you're, if your hands are casted up and you keep your hands within the framework of the body and you can, you know, you grab, so, their, you grab the jersey or the pads and you keep it within the framework of the body, that's not holding. What If you can't use your hands, if your hands are casted up, you can hold – by getting you know by getting your hand outside the body, yeah, I mean, okay, I understand that. It's kind of a soft excuse, but I I understand what he's saying. Now the part about the tight ends is interesting because Luke has, who is probably your best offensive weapon right now, it's not an inline tight end. You're not chipping defensive ends with Luke has. You're you're misusing him at that point. I don't know how you know who you're going to put in in his place and take. If, are you taking him out? To have a guy on, on, on well, the defensive line Well, then, then everybody knows that he's not getting yeah, the that's, ball if you do that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is, is Luke has is your best offensive weapon, and he is at his best when he is outside the hash or the numbers, you know, running you know wheel routes or whatever you want to whatever you want to do with him. He's a really good, really talented receiver. I don't know that I want him in line chipping defensive linemen. It seems like you're wasting his talent. I have a stupid question. Yep. Can't they put five linemen whose hands aren't broken on the field? Well, he was talking about uh, Devin Manuel. He's banged up. They're, they're they're banged up along the offensive line, which could explain some of it. Doesn't explain false starts. Um, and there were there were a lot of those. Boy, some of those penalties were just at the most inopportune time. Uh, they actually uh, have the record. I was surprised because the record um, makes me feel uh, icky. So I didn't think they would put it up there. But um, no, the uh, the school record is 17 penalties in a game in 1975 against the uh, Air Force. So this was the um, this was three away from the uh, from the school record for penalties in a game, with fourteen, the uh, the other night, and uh, yeah, they were all uh, killers. But I mean, you, if you have fourteen penalties, most of them are going to be at a bad time. There's just but, there's just so uh, many well, plays. Just take I mean, the last drive. <laughs> I mean, when you're getting you're getting false starts on the last drive where you're trying to go in and score, and it's like you get down to the seventeen. Now you got to back it up. It, it just man, they, some of the false starts were just at, at the worst times. Killers. Killers, you got to be more disciplined than that. Big Keith is on the phone on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Hi, Big Keith. Hey, Big Keith up in the house. How you doing, buddy? Great. How Great. are you? Oh, doing good. Hey, I, is it just me, or does it seem like our quarterback is running slower than he used to? Like, he's, he's got, like, a lame leg or something? He doesn't seem to be as fast. They haven't, you know? they haven't announced any injuries, but he did have his knee iced up after the game. I don't. That could be something. It could be nothing. I don't know. But it's at least uh, worth and, exploring. 
is it just me or would you take last year's team over this year? Like we went backwards. It's too early. It's too early. You're not ready to make that not call ready three to make games that call in yet. No, three games in. You know, I, I was last year's offensive line was better than this group, though. Yeah. Oh, by hands far. are no hands. By, I, by mean, far. I mean, yeah, they're, they I are mean, uh, they are not as good as they think they Ty are, and they think they're pretty morning. great. He, Ty was talking this morning. Well, it took seven games for the Enos offense to sink in their last year together. Seven games, you could be one and six. Yeah. Well, you don't have time for that. Plus, you had a whole off season <laughs> to get this thing together. Yeah, see, there's so many like flaws in their logic of explaining things to us from the from the football offices. Like, you can't tell us how valuable it is for everybody who went through spring to go through spring, and then say when the season starts, well, you know, it's gonna take it's gonna take more time. Well, which one is true? Because they can't both be true. Okay, so you were either lying then or you're lying now, one or the other. That's the deal. Like, you can't tell me. This is why people get so aggravated about this, honestly, is because there is just a constant spew of half-truths that comes out of that athletic department that uh, no one checks because they're afraid of, uh, you know, repercussions or whatever. But they they say things unchecked in the spring, like, well, it's so valuable to have all these people go through spring ball. And then you get to spring ball with the offensive coordinator, and they're like, well, you know, know, maybe maybe there's a learning curve. you 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 say it goes unchecked. I mean, Pittman's had more fights with the media in the in the month of September than he has in three years. Yes, he has. Uh, our guy Hutch. I mean, <laughs> he got pissed at Hutch. We're gonna have Hutch on tomorrow to talk about it. But I mean, they asked Sam Pittman about the fourth the fourth down play three times, and he didn't answer it three times. Right, and he got testy about it. Yeah. Now, some of that's probably post game frustration. Get it? Totally understand. But. It cracks are showing in the yeah. facade. Maybe we need uh maybe we need whatever the cooling off period is for Sam after the game, maybe we need to double it. Maybe. Like if it's ten, let's make it twenty. Maybe. Let's make it thirty. So we don't have these little uh instances where he gets his uh you know, his undies in a knot over simple rudimentary questions from the uh, media that are asking questions that the fans want to know, but of course that well, program doesn't care about the fans. It's not that it's it wasn't even what the fans want to know, it was a legit question. Right. Like, well, that's what Hutch said. Is Hutch said, that, well, the fans kind of want to know yeah. why the 238-pound quarterback isn't running it's, the ball. It's a legitimate question. Of course it is. And when you start with, well, I've been coaching for, uh, 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 you can't do that. Because like I told you, Sam Pittman knows more football than most of us ever will, and he's probably forgotten more than we ever will. But I can tell you this, Pam, Sam Pittman doesn't know a damn thing about PR. Not a thing. Because that answer won't go. It won't go. He doesn't know about um, PR, and he is the CEO. So he really, like, the, honestly, like, the head coach in this situation, when you're not really running one side of the ball or the other, like, you really have to be an expert at marketing and PR, kind of like Dion is. And um, he's really not good at that element of the yeah, job. They, like, go back to... At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. And are behaving as if this is the end of times and that everything should be blown up and fired and then start over and, and all this stuff. Um, and, um, of course, it's a violent overreaction to a uh, football game they lost by seven. They were favored by eight. They lost by seven. Okay. They've got problems. Let's see if over the course of the nine games they can fix some Lost of this stuff. Lost a team in a Power 5 conference. That's right. Uh, and, uh, and in their last 10 FBS games, they're 5-5. Five and five. Let's see if they can figure this out. Let's see. Let's all watch together, shall we? And they got LSU this weekend. <laughs> and they're 18-point uh, dogs or something. 18 and a half on Bet Saracen, something like that. Uh, in Baton Rouge. So, well, well it's, uh, it's another piece of the puzzle, another piece of information coming in this week. Um... And we've talked about all this different stuff going on. They shouldn't have run it in shotgun at fourth and one there. They should have punted up by 10 at the 50-yard line, but all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, KJ leads him down this field. He's got two chances to go tie the game in the fourth quarter and, um, you know, couldn't get it done. The whole offense as a group failed uh, because, you know, he had about a half a second to make a decision with the time he was getting. And the offensive linemen, all their hands are broken, so they can't grab people. Which means the 14 penalties could have very well been 24 if they were able to use their hands. So, is that a fair synopsis of what we're dealing with um, right now, more or less? Is that what's going on? I, I, there, there are some things that they have. There, there are. Let me see the best way to put this. They had issues before they rolled into Saturday night. They got exposed. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issues. There, there was a bright light shown on a lot of those issues. Number one, and this is. You could almost see it coming in hindsight, obviously, 2020. But when they ran the uh, the trick play that got the touchdown, Arkansas was flying around. They were over-pursuing it every turn. They were they were blowing everything up. Very smart. Very smart move on by Kalani Sataki and his staff was, okay, let's run a little gadget and see if it works. And there went anybody within 30 yards of the kid that caught the ball because at the snap of the ball, 11 guys ran towards the football instead of doing their job. They were hyper aggressive early on, and I'm telling you, when that when that moment happened, it was like the air got sucked out of the whole building because they lost their edge. They lost that aggressiveness where they were coming downhill on everything. All of a sudden, it just stopped, and ru- and lanes started opening up. It wasn't like BYU pushed them around. They had 280 yards of offense, but they scored 38 points with 280 yards of offense, mm-hmm. which means goes back to my point I made Friday. Dragged them along. You kept them in the game. You kept helping them. And when you're the better team, you can't help your opponent. And and they did. And and eventually a team like BYU is good enough to take advantage of them. Yeah. I don't and you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine over the yesterday and just couldn't believe they lost to BYU. BYU. Who is BYU? BYU is a big twelve team with a pretty good lineage. That is a that is a quality program. And because well, it, more more of the unearned arrogance around here that I'm just, just tired it's of. It's not an SEC team. It's not a, t- it's yeah. a team you see well, we late. We beat them. Who is BYU? It's a team you see Come late on. on ESPN in that 915 window. It's right. a, they're a legit program. And and they, they took it to you. Right. Again, I'm conflicted because, you know, obviously, you know, I, I you know the fans are, are upset. And that's uh, – I don't, I don't feel good about that. But I do feel good because, in a way, because – there is so much unearned arrogance in the athletic department and in the football team and the football. I mean, if, 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 if Musselman wants to be arrogant, fine. You know, they go to the Sweet 16 every year. If Dave Van Horn wants to be arrogant, fine. They go to the College World Series more often than not. But, like, football is trying to, like, siphon off of this as if they, too, have been to Sweet 16s and College World Series. The football program haven't won a damn thing. No. They don't do anything. They, they win the Liberty Bowl. Woo. Okay. They won the Outback Bowl. Well, that was that was nice. That was exciting. Like they they think they're on the same level of men's basketball and baseball, and buddy, they ain't. They are not. But they act like they are, and they're not. And so to see a little humble pie over there, I did enjoy that to a certain extent. I have to admit that because again, they think they're Musselman. They think they're Van Horn. 
they, they're not. They, come on. I, you I, don't have the bona fides to run with those guys. I I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to be interested to see what the mood is at his radio show this week because we've seen it He's, where, you know, when, when things aren't going great, um, we saw it at the end of the Morris era where people kind of turned and got a little feisty. I don't think we're there yet, but this isn't going to sit well. And with what's looming, um, well, I mean, he better, I'll say this, he better have some answers, some good answers. 20, he's 21 and 18. Like, you're not you're not in their class right now. I mean, I know you you make more money than them, but I mean, come on, <laughs> please. Uh, so so some of that, you know, is, 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 is good in a way. But, um, you know, I don't like that uh, all the fans are pissed off and want everybody fired. And I don't think they're going to, I mean, I don't know. We can get into a deep philosophical uh, discussion of, of the program and where it should be at another time we, or whatever. Well, but we I talked mean, about this the other day. But, like, there's, there's 15 teams in the country that should be upset if they win nine games, if they win less than nine games. 15 teams. And those are, I mean, you can rattle them off. You know who they are. They're the usual suspects. Everybody else is should be in that five to eight range. Every year, you're going to be in that range, you know, with a couple of uh, a couple of years. I mean, I, I was having discussions. Well, this is unacceptable. This, that's what you've been doing for 30 years. This is who you are. With, the, with a couple of outliers. I mean, how many times have they won 10 games since they joined the league? Three? Four? Oh, maybe three or four times. Okay. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. So, this is this is the pattern. This is what it's been. Now to go and you know be up fourteen and lose, to be up eleven at the near the end of the third quarter and lose, yes, that's frustrating. But if you take two steps back and look at the overall arc of the program, you know this is this is kind of what you are. Yeah, it's frustrating, and I, I nobody has the answer. They've been trying for thirty two years to break out of this, but this is this is kind of what you, you know. You're in that group with the Kentuckys and the Mississippi States, and Mississippi, you know. Bama and, and Georgia and Florida for a while and Tennessee were all in that, that but, group. In the net, they were in the penthouse. But they'll tell you that's unacceptable. Okay. That's what they'll tell Business you. Business 101. Okay, you've identified the problem. Give me a solution. A reasonable solution. Three, three 10 win seasons in the SEC. Three, three 10 win seasons. Two Sorry. for Petrino, one for Nutt. There you go. So 10 wins is an outlier. Right. But it is expected by some, by the. Uh, Okay, 10 wins is an outlier, but it is expected by the loudest portion of the fan base as the norm. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of the situation? Yeah, I, I think that's, that's fair, but... Because I think it, there are far more reasonable people like us than we know of because they don't make a lot of noise. They, they those, just sit there. But those people that make the most noise have the least invested. You don't donate a dime. You don't have anything to do with it. You're just at home on your couch. You know, you're on a message board. Okay, so you and your buddies all think you should win 10 games. Okay, how are we going to get there? That's the question. And right. I, I think they've tried just about every – look, Sam Pittman, what's his record? 21 and 18. The guy has done a hell of a job compared to where you were. Is Saturday night real frustrating? Yes. Are there some, some pimples? Yes. But you know what? Overall, the guy has taken the program from being a bleep show do we need to bring up Club Dub? None of that's going on. <laughs> they used it once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you were doing, you were making, North Texas? I mean, that stuff was happening and well, you were losing. The clown show has ended. Now it's just an on-the-field thing. He has stabilized this program to a point where you guys are back to expecting seven, eight, nine, ten wins. They're not there yet. They're not there. They're, they're just simply not talented enough. There's not enough talent in this state to keep that a reality. Well, there's the the, the the talent is one thing because the people are uh, are confused because the people have been told um, repeatedly, even going into this weekend, that this is the most talented roster he's had. Okay, it's not. It's not. If you look on two four seven, he's had like a ninth roster in the league, the 10th roster in the league. This is this one's 13th. So it is not the most... So let's start there. There's one falsehood that has been repeated over and over where people is believe it, but it's not true. Is there a first-round draft pick on this roster? No. End of story. Okay. Yeah, exactly. End of story. You're playing against guys... He, again, he, you're, look, they're getting ready to load up and go play LSU. There's a bunch is. of draft picks on that team. Right. 
And when Arkansas has those big seasons, they have a lot of uh, first and second round talent yep. on the football field. That's yep. right. And, and, you know, first, right. second, third, fourth. Look, if you get drafted, you're special. You're a good football player. If you sign a free agent deal and stick in the NFL, you're a talented football player. There aren't a bunch of those guys on that team right now. And yep. I, look, I know having McLaughlin have the turf toe thing, that hurt. But if he's, if he's that bad, like on the long pass that Slovis completed, down the uh, you know, on, on TV on the far sideline. Mm-hmm. Well, wasn't anywhere near him. I mean, just let the guy run right by him, and he got a little separation. They complete the long pass. It McLaughlin's got a long way to go to be an NFL guy, but he's on his way. He had a nice year last year, but he's still learning. They're mm-hmm. all still learning. No, and it's it's going to take some time. And you know, you, you said 13th most talented roster they have. Stars coming out of high school to me don't mean anything. I've seen I've seen five stars go to places and just. Never show up. Okay. Show me but, Show me what he did on the field and how they developed in college. But I will tell you that uh, when the thing fell apart with Bielema, he got beaten in the recruiting rankings by Vanderbilt that one year. That's and right. the excuses were made over and over again. Oh, well, this has something to do with the scoring. It has nothing to do with the actual, uh, you know, uh, the, the talent level or whatever. And um, and obviously it manifested itself into, uh, into bad season. So, like, I understand what you're saying. But I also see a straight line between connecting the two things. If you look at the at the, at the talent they have and the results, it's pretty hard to uh, you know to separate one from the other they're, most of the time. They're really bad at the at the most critical positions, which is the offensive line. They're really bad. Yeah, and that and, and we Pittman thought, doesn't coach them. Uh, yeah, let's, so let's, don't it, it, that you can't like he put now. If you want to have a conversation about is Cody Kennedy failing. Let's have that conversation. Yeah, we can have that conversation. But we're not going to have a conversation about why Sam Pittman can't get better offensive lines because he doesn't coach the offensive line anymore. It's not his job. He's the CEO. He runs the program. He has put someone in charge who was his second choice, by the way. Remember, his first choice went to LSU You know, back in uh, 2020. They're doing okay. They sure are. So this is the second guy, and um, it's not going well. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but... Um, it's not going well. So maybe that should be the question. Is it why why does Cody Kennedy not have offensive linemen that are uh, able to, you know, protect for more than half a second? And why are all their hands broken? That's the other thing I would like to know I, about all this. I too. thought going into the first game or going into the, the game against BYU, first and second games, it might have been a scheme thing. Load guys coming down the box. Saturday, they just got whipped. Yes, all of them right. just got whipped up that's front. Right. It, what, they weren't doing a whole lot of stunting. They weren't doing a whole lot of blitzing. Uh, Pittman said it in the press conference. They they weren't doing anything they weren't ready for. That should be that that alarm bell should be going off. They didn't bring any blitzes that you weren't prepared for. They just beat you, and they beat you up front at the most critical positions, which makes everything on offense look clunky. And if you're not good up front in this league, Chuck has said this millions of times that he's been on with us. It's a line of scrimmage yep. league, and I don't know if Arkansas is very good on the offense. How was line. that game against the Bar on Saturday night too? By the way. You know, Arkansas is playing the bar. They're not playing BYU. They're playing the bar. BYU is BYU has <laughs> unearned a, arrogance. There it is, right there. BYU That's has it. Got a ton of cachet and a national championship, a real one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean that's. No, that, that's my my point yeah, is that, know. you know it's not know. it's you know whatever. Okay, uh, we got some calls here. We'll go to break in a minute. Roger in Missouri. Hi, Roger. Hey guys, uh, enjoy your show. And uh, love listening to Arkansas. I called you back in the spring when we were talking about the Pac-12. Told you to keep your eye on Washington, and I'm sticking to my story. And it's and, pretty um, good. I, yeah, I think they're looking good. They had a big win over Michigan State. But uh, back to Arkansas for a second. Um, I, I've watched you guys. I think you can get this figured out. I think your coach is outstanding. And uh, if he can make some adjustments, you, you'd be 3-0 and right now. I mean, you guys really, I think you're still lined up to win seven games, uh, go to a bowl game. You're not going to win 10, probably. Yeah. I don't think they were ever going to win but, 10, but uh, this year. No. But, but no. yeah, but yeah. I was just picking up on what you were saying about the fan base. You yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, they're not a 10 win team. But if you if you come out of this with seven or eight wins, I'd, I'd call that a victory. And uh, you're going in the right direction. Yeah. All right, Roger. Thank you so I much. Oh, sorry. sorry Roger. I didn't mean to Roger's cut him off. A USC there, but... guy. You can hang up on him. Okay. <laughs> Just feel free. 
You're listening to the Ruskin and Zach podcast brought to you by United Roofing and Waterproofing. Here to help with all your residential and commercial roofing needs. Call Joey and his team at 479-312-7369 or check them out online at unitedrw.com. Join the local conversation on the McClarty Daniel Hotline, 866-285-4005. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. Welcome to McClarty Daniel Country. With six giant locations and over 3,000 vehicles, Northwest Arkansas is McClarty Daniel Country. Stop by one of our showrooms today to shop our full lineup of cars, trucks, and SUVs. McClarty Daniel is proud to be your premier automotive destination. Need service? We work on all makes and models six days a week. Plus, our full-service collision center can repair anything from a minor ding to a major collision. Have you visited McClarty Daniel Country? Visit us online at McClartyDaniel.com. The year of the sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their prize picks projection. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Well, we're uh, here on a, um, on a Monday, the 5 o'clock hour, and Clay Henry is with us back from his elk hunt in Colorado, and he's with us now uh, live. From the uh, river. Hi, Clay. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How was it? Oh, it was great weather and uh, just not very many elk. Uh, the so Colorado you... winter was uh, 160% more than normal snowfall, and they lost a lot of elk, uh, tens of thousands. So they didn't issue near as many hunting licenses to out of state. Somehow I drew a tag, but it was... Uh, I ran into a game warden one day, and he's just like, it is not very many elk. He he gave me the numbers for the two counties that we were hunting, and it was significantly down than what it was. But it didn't matter. Uh-oh. I think we've had the uh, All right. signal cut out there. Oh, there he is. Oh, Stars back. at night. You seem so bright up there. Like, you know, I guess that's a song, right? I um, think so, yeah. About your favorite state. Um, but it's good to be home. It's good to be, and I did uh, spend time with uh, friends and family in Colorado. We have, uh, you know, some extended family, I would say, uh, in Loveland. Spent a couple of nights there, treated to some great meals. Uh, took my, I guess, my pseudo-grandson to, to the golf course for a few hours, and that was a lot of fun. He calls me Grandpa. I'm technically not his Grandpa. But I'll I'll uh, I'll claim him as a grandson, the late year old Wyatt. So it was a great trip. Now I'm back and I'm ready to. When did was, you get back? Last night about seven thirty uh, or okay, eight. Okay, so you missed all the festivities on Saturday. Well, I watched it. And I watched it on TV. Okay, so what do you, you think? Know, I well, let's just let me just kind of go back when this series was scheduled. I figured Arkansas would split. Didn't know how it would fall out, but even after the game last year, I thought they would probably split. Uh, Brigham Young is is a good program. They're, they've uh, they've been tough to beat. Um, they reloaded, so to speak. I thought their defensive ends and offensive tackles. That, you know, go back to my my premise that um, the team with the best tackles wins. When everything else is kind of semi, you know, on the 
you know, equal or whatever at quarterback. And I thought their quarterback played played really well. Not sure that was KJ's best game. Uh, he he didn't exactly light it up, but they they had trouble at tackle. And I and I thought that um, by and large, the BYU tackles were as advertised. Offensive tackles really good. The seventy eight is probably going to play at the next level. And he he. He got a stalemate, you know, most of the time against Jeff Coat, um, and that, you know, that that's one of Arkansas's strengths going up against BYU strength, and that, that's what I watched a lot. Um, I didn't think Arkansas's backs played particularly well, especially in pass protection. You know, I, I saw them miss on the edge, and sometimes, you know, you think, well, that was a tackle. Well, no, that was, uh, you know, if they bring a safety, the the running back's got to come across and get that guy, and. Um, they played their safety about 20 yards deep. We're not going to give up the deep pass and make you throw it, you know, over the middle. And that so far hasn't been the strength of KJ. Using that, I guess that that theory that you know that about the tackles, Arkansas's got some problems because the teams that are about to that they're going to go through here in the next couple of weeks are probably better on the offensive line than Arkansas is. I haven't seen them. I, I can't tell you that. I know Arkansas's tackles are, are athletically gifted, and they will get better. Uh, Cody Kennedy told me that they'd take their lumps, those young tackles. He told me that in preseason. I wrote that. Um, they're going to get better, though. The only way to get better in the offensive line is to play. And young ones typically don't do well in the SEC. Um, you know, they, they need Devin Manuel back. You know they're they're not healthy up front right now, and that's part of the issue. And ex, but experience on the edge is important. You know you you can do some things. You know as you go forward, they you know Sam talked today about moving the pocket, and I think that's probably a good strategy. Yeah, you know I, I want to go back to something you said earlier that uh, that kind of struck me from this whole uh, experience in this whole thing this weekend is like there's a lot of people. Um, that have uh, commented on the game that really didn't have a lot of respect for BYU coming in, and I, for the life of me, don't understand no, why. No, BYU's a tough team. I mean, that yeah. was uh, they're, they're a handful. Um, they caught them down last year with a quarterback that. I mean, if you say, "What has BYU always had? A guy that can throw it around, a guy that that, that can really throw it," and they didn't. Have, that guy was, you know, had a bum shoulder. I mean, that, that's all they had. Uh, but that wasn't the case. Slovis has played a lot of football. You know, he's passed for 10,000 yards. KJ, what, I mean, he's passed for a lot, but he didn't pass for 10,000. So, I mean, it's there was not anything about their quarterback that was going to put BYU to disadvantage. And typically, that is what BYU has. They They play sound football. They don't beat themselves. And guess what? Arkansas did not play sound football and did beat themselves. I wanted to ask you uh, something here. Uh, we, we've uh, th- today we've been talking about you know ev- there's been a lot of talk about the fourth and one at the fifty. Um, my my thought is um, it's not whether KJ should have been in shotgun or under center. It's why didn't they punt? You're up ten in the middle of the third quarter. You, you know you you punt in that situation. What do you say about that? Mm, I mean I, I've never been in that situation to have to make that call. Um, I I mean when I was watching it. You know, I was like, well, this could go really well or it could go really bad. Yeah. I mean, you're it's a, it's a risk. And if you, um, you know, there's a lot of people that think fourth and one at the midfield stripe is something you ought to go for. Um, you know, it's, Derek, what you have to keep asking yourself is what do you have on defense? When you are really good on defense or you think you can stop the other team, you go for that a lot. If you don't, then you punt it, and you know it's it's you know are they good enough on defense to make that risk a gamble? I don't know. I mean he he's he's the one that's you know been at practice. Um, you know it's it was a game that um, he probably is thinking this is time to go for the jugular. And let's be honest, if you punted it, you're gonna be ripped. If you don't get it. You're going to be ripped. It's just the way it is. They're five and five in their last ten games against Power Five uh, schools. FBS, uh, excuse me, FBS schools, and that would include losses to now BYU, Liberty, and Missouri. 
this program has taken it, it sort of hit a, a plateau after that nine and four season and a plateau. Is this sort of something that they can pull themselves out of? Because we're getting you know over the last five years, I mean, you slip past Kansas at a bowl game. This is this. I don't think this is where people envision this program being in you know three games into year four. Well, I mean, it, it, I guess that's your opinion. I, I don't. I don't really know where I envision them being, but I've seen that they completely turned the roster, and they're not playing in sync yet. With you know, with how many new faces? Forty, fifty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's they knew they had to turn over the roster, and um, three games in, they're not smooth yet. I suspect they're going to get better, and those tackles will get better. But um, what you have to try for is consistency and don't beat yourself. I don't think they're, they lack talent. And I, I listened to you all early, and you all were talking about their talent. They have a lot of guys that play Power 5 football that came in this program. They're older. They had to get older. Um, the COVID recruiting period wasn't good to Sam Pittman. His first class you know, wasn't, wasn't good. You could not go into homes. You couldn't evaluate. And they're behind because of that. And they had to flip the roster. And, you know, are they, they, you know, firing on all cylinders? No. But I think they'll win some games in the SEC this year. I don't know how many. What we don't really have a feel for is what everybody else did with their roster in the portal. There's nobody that sits still. And we've talked about that on, you know, Phil's show and on your show, guys, that, that with the portal, everybody's gotten better. Everybody filled their weaknesses. Um, and the defense, to me, looks like they're going to continue to get better. I, You know, they didn't they haven't got anybody hurt on defense yet. They still got their guys. And I think they'll, they'll continue to play better in this system as they're, as they're learning it. Okay, so. I, I think they can win at LSU. I didn't, I, no, I didn't say they will. But I don't think LSU is a world beater right now. I think Mississippi State isn't really good. You know, I watched a little bit of that. Mississippi State's not very good. Yeah. I mean, and you know, they, they're they the ones in the SEC that took the hit. And I don't care how you you shake it up, losing Mike Leach. As a coach, I'm not even talking about it as a person. But that was a – he he is – he's a difference maker. And that, that was uh, – you kind of feel for that quarterback sitting there without that offense, right? You know, it's he can – I mean, Will Rogers can run yeah. that Bleach's offense, but that's not what they're doing. So uh, – but that's the program that, that, you know, that took us a step back. So I, I don't know that we really have a great evaluation of LSU yet. Okay, so just to back up a second, and you were talking about you know the turnover on the roster and all of that stuff. As yeah. a Razorback fan, who was sitting uh, you know sitting here listening to this, sitting on the couch, you know, saying, and you're saying, well, they aren't firing on all cylinders. The team they just played well, at I mean, don't well, you hang think? on, hang, hang on, the guy, the the team they just played at sixty transfers came in and beat them. The yeah. thing going on in Colorado right now, they've got eighty new guys. So I don't know that that saying, well, it's you know we got to give it time. I, I don't know that. That I didn't that say much. that. No, no, no. I'm just hang on. Let me. Yeah. I don't well, think as a Razorback fan you can sit on your couch and just sit on your hands and go, "Well, it'll happen eventually." You're looking I didn't around. Say that. I'm, again, I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying as a fan, you can't sit there and say, "Well, I'm just going to sit on my hands and wait for it to happen." Man, it's it's immediate. It's now. I listen. Go ahead. No, no. That, that's my point. Is well, I mean, you make your point. I'll listen. I'm not going to inter- interrupt po- you Okay, so my point is this. You say, you know, 40 guys. Is that what they brought in, 40 guys? But you can't just sit, you can't sit on your hands and say, well, these guys played a lot of power power four, five football. Maybe they misevaluated some of these guys, and they're not as good as they thought they were. You won't know. You don't know until you get them on campus. But looking around, it's hard for a Razorback fan to sit there and go, well, you know, okay, we'll, we'll wait and see when you see things like Deion Sanders. I understand that that's probably an outlier, the Deion Sanders thing. But the team you just played at 60 new guys. And, you know, I don't know that in today, and you, you mentioned it. I mean, today's world, it moves so fast that it's immediacy. You've got to win now. And, and I understand Razorback fans' frustration. I mean, it did not look good. And some of it, I, let, let me ask you. I mean, you got a better eye at this I just than said I, that. Well, they didn't look good. They you've, were got a better eye, you've got a better eye than I do when it comes to certain things. KJ doesn't look comfortable. Agree or disagree? 
The, I just don't think he looks he he's not freewheeling like he was. I just said he didn't play well. Okay, yeah. okay playing well is you can have an out. You can have a game where you don't play well. He just doesn't look comfortable comfortable to me. I mean, freewheeling KJ last year was running around making plays. He just looks like he's not in sync yet. Well, maybe that's what I said. He didn't look like he was in sync. <laughs> You're kind of going back over the same thing. I said that. He didn't look like he was in sync. He didn't look like he, he would. So you're repeating the things that, that my opening remarks. I don't know if I'd made him poorly, um, but it's they didn't play well. I don't know what else you want me to say. I mean, it, it was they weren't far from winning the game, but it wasn't. They didn't play uh, at peak performance on offense. You know, it's whatever. I mean, maybe it's all the new receivers. You know, it's, the receivers got to run the routes where he thinks they're going to be, and you know, it just whether that was a problem or the protection, you got to, you know, they're going to move him in the pocket because the protection hasn't been great. If you're going to throw deep, you need time, and I didn't see that they had that. No, I. I, mean, I that's his strength is throwing deep, guys. I, uh, it is, and and I, uh, I, I don't understand how he could be comfortable when he has about a half a second to make a decision before someone is breathing down his neck from the uh, from the opposition. So you, you know, if you're playing quarterback, you know if your tackles are going to set the edge, and I mean, if you're if you're a quarterback, there's two ways to to, to play the position. One is that you play willy-nilly and do the Johnny Manziel thing. So if you don't think your guys are going to protect you. The other is that you don't see the defensive lineman coming at you. You focus on your receivers. So there is the the balance is, you know, is he going to be able to focus on his receivers or does he have to watch the rush? And if you've ever played quarterback, you know what I'm talking about. It is – it is the the whole comfort level requires you to focus on the guys downfield. You you can feel the pocket and know when to step up. I think we know he knows how to do that. We've seen it, but it it's uh, they've got to they've got to improve their protections. And I I did not see the backs pick up the safety all the time. You know there was a fourth quarter play that they brought somebody off the edge and. Uh, Binion came across and missed the guy, and it was just boom, a sack. You know, it's it's was an instant sack. So that it's not just the running backs; they got the, I mean, the the line, the tackles, they've all got a block. Yeah, I thought I thought AJ Green should have got more time in the game too. I thought he was really, uh, you know, he was the best one in the game. And if it's a whole, um, they seem committed to making sure everybody had their had their fair shot. Maybe it's a fatigue thing. Uh, or no, something. I don't think it was, and, and not, I think that what you saw was that he played the first quarter, and then they were going to, you know, rest him and have him fresh in the second half, and and he was, um, but it's uh, if you've got four, and but you don't know those other guys aren't going to do just as well until you look at them, and they have been good backs, you know, all of them. I mean, it's it's, um, I mean, Dominic Johnson, I, I'll take him. I mean, I I like him a lot, and so so and Dubinia is the same way, but you know, and then the other part is that you don't know is like we have a play that we really like AJ, but we might not like, you know, one of the other guys in that play. Same thing, they may have a play they really like Dubinia, but they don't like AJ. I mean, it's it's about putting them in their places for them to you know, to, I guess to shine, and. I know, and I've talked to Danny, knows that, you know, they have different plays for different backs. So, you go, you know, that's that's your system, then that's what you have to go. Um, is he a guy that you give it to 15, 20 times? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, it's, what did he get, nine? I mean, you know, if he got 12, would that be the right number? Maybe. Um, but it's, you know, sometimes – you know, things open up on one play, and they may not open up on the next. Um, his first three or four carries, they block better. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. They had a pretty good read on what they were doing, you know, defensively for a while. It just all of a sudden in, in the middle of the second quarter, it just stopped. And I'm not sure. I don't I don't know what the change yeah. was that BYU made. Um, and 
Pittman said in his uh, in his post game conference uh, press conference that they weren't blitzing a ton, and when they were blitzing, it wasn't something that they weren't prepared for. It was just one of those deals. You're BYU about the, the BYU defense, yeah, their defensive line just all of a sudden was they were running three, and you know I don't know what the change was, but it was certainly a, a stark contrast from what we saw in the first quarter. Well, you know maybe they they weren't afraid of the run. You know, I mean if you once you decide you can stop the run without doing much, then you tee off on the passer. I mean that's that's the the old the oldest part of football, you know, make them one dimensional, it's easier to pass rush. And then it's if, but if you're afraid of the run, you're kind of sitting in your stance a little bit, you're trying to see are, are they going wide with the running back? No, we don't have to worry about that. We're just going to we're going to put our ears back and sick them. Um you know, it's it, it's they they weren't far off from winning the game. You know, the penalties and you know the the turnover, you know that those were big plays, and you have to play cleaner, and all the other things, the play calling and stuff. Yeah, I get it. You know, if you want to talk about the quarterback being under center, but you just you cannot have that many holding penalties, that many uh, mistakes, um, two bad punts, and and let's be be realistic about this. Your defense. You're playing on your side of the field, you know, for two quarters like they were. It's not that's not a good situation. So that you've got to punt it better. You've you've got to stay on the field. You've got to make some third third downs. All right, we're uh, here uh, visiting with Clay Henry, uh, and your drive home is powered by Mister Sparky on Ruskin and Zach. No, I was I was going to ask you. You, know, you talk about the penalties. I I can deal with effort penalties. Holding's going to happen. It's the the um, not you know, not that many. Well, yeah. but but you can almost deal with those because it's, it's one or two a game. But I the thing that drives me nuts: jumping off sides, false start penalties, and especially if you're at home, though those things shouldn't happen. And they were happening at just the worst times. And I understand Brady Latham had a game that he's never had before. He just you know he didn't have his best game, and I expect them to play better, but. That that was just to me that was the whole thing. Fourteen penalties, hundred twenty five yeah. yards, and going two for thirteen on third downs. You you can't you, those two things together are going to prevent you from winning virtually every game you play. Yeah, if if you're an offensive lineman and you miss most of camp, and you say, "Oh, we're just going to play him back into shape," well, that's that's what they were doing, and he did not look ready. You know, he's he missed a lot. He missed the first game. Just I, he did not look like he was ready. You know that he's. You know the the same Brady Latham that we saw last year, and I bet he plays better. And um, but if he doesn't, then he won't be out there. I mean, you cannot live with that kind of a performance. He knows that. So does his head coach. Clay, I want to throw another thing at you that uh, that I've heard a lot of people say over the last two days, and I hope you can you and I know you can shed some insight on this because people have been saying that I would expect a better offensive line from a Sam Pittman team. But, Clay, Sam doesn't coach the offensive line yeah, anymore. I, I, I get what you're saying there. And I'm sure that he would tell you uh, that he expects a better offensive line too. Um, you know, it is it is a new offense with, you know, with guys that are playing three positions that didn't play last year. You've got two, and then you got a transfer. So it's it's a completely different offensive line. It takes longer for the line to gel than any other spot. It's just uh, the, those guys have to play. And it would be good if the same guys played, but that's not what's happening right now. It's you know it's I watched the first game and they shifted guys. You know that they, they played two different positions. A lot of you know they're moving around trying to uh, figure out what's their best combination, and. You know, it seems like they're beat up. You know, injured. That'll that'll get better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're what the criticism because he's an old offensive line coach. Um, I watched uh, Miami, and you know, first year under Mario Cristobal, and he's an offensive line coach, and they are awful. Now they've gotten better. Um, the one thing that you cannot hardly find in the portal transfer is offensive tackles. So they're they're just going to have to, you know, grow up with these two, you know, these guys, uh, and they're they're going to play more than you know they're going to keep playing different guys at tackle until they get it right. They did find something, I think, 
at the tight end spot, Luke has. I think he's probably, at this point, probably their best offensive weapon until Rocket Sanders gets back. Yeah, he's a good one. I mean, and I think they, they knew that. I I thought that um, the best offensive weapon would be Isaac Tesloff. And I thought that, that BYU did a really nice job of taking him out of the game. You know, they, they played a guy on him, and then they played a safety deep. Um, and I think he'll do better as, as you know, he's he's the same type player that Luke Haas is. Um, if you're going to – but if you're going to play the safety in the run game like BYU did, I'm talking about the strong safety, he's going to be open. And, you know, now there's a guy that probably is going to play more snaps. And I think they played him a lot early, and then they brought him, you know, then he didn't play for a little while. So they're trying to balance out how much do you give a, you know, a true freshman? I mean, how many snaps? Can he play 60? Can he play 70? That's a lot for a true freshman. Um, but he's a guy I would want on the field. You're right. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.